Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks, and I'm Brandon Kylie. We'll get to questions and answers coming up here in about 10 minutes or so. But right now, we are going out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Happy to be joined by the editor-in-chief of the fourth period. He's an analyst as well for Sirius XM NHL. He's David Panyota joining us here on BK and Ferrario. David, we appreciate the time. As always, man, let's start out with a game from last night. What would you make of Colorado being able to take down Tampa Bay in the first game in overtime of the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, you know what? It, it showed how much those nine days off really benefited the Avs. Because I mean, I was there in Edmonton for the last couple of games last round, and I saw how banged up a lot of those players were off the ice. Um, so to get that extra, you know, almost the week and a half off to kind of mend, get their legs back under them, get to recover, um, certainly, certainly paid dividends, especially. You know, for, for guys like Josh Vanson, I know, is dealing with a few things or a few other players dealing with some things. Getting that extra time off really benefited them. And they utilized their speed to their advantage. And they just kept peppering Vasilevsky with shots. And, and, and it ultimately worked out. We're obviously going to see some adjustments as we go from the Tampa Bay Lightning, especially in game two on Saturday. But John Cooper even said the better team won last night. Um, and there's no denying that, that Colorado just was a better team. It was an uncharacteristic kind of performance from Victor Hedman, as well as Vassi in that first period. That was, that's the first time in his playoff career that he's given up three goals in the first period. Uh, so, look, great performance by Colorado. I think Tampa just got a little too shell-shocked right out of the gate, and while well, they did come back, Colorado overall just a better team in game one. David, one thing I am curious about on this matchup is is Colorado. I mean, there's no there's no question that they are a elite team this season. But with so many guys yeah. headed into unrestricted free agency and Kadri and Burakovsky and even Achushkin, does this look like the all-in year for Colorado? Not saying that they're going to turn into tank mode, but are they going to be this good moving forward? Well, Kemper is also a USA, so they're going to have to figure out the goaltending position in a few weeks. But um, they've got about, I think it's 26, in and around 26 million cap space. So they have a lot of flexibility in terms of rejigging the roster if they need to, if they can't keep guys around. The core of this team is still intact. And when you've got Kale McCarr, who's just entering, just scratching the surface of what he can do, which is already remarkable, um, you've got him and then McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen, uh, Devon Taves has been fantastic. Him and uh, McCarr are arguably the best defensive pair in these playoffs. 
they got the core still there. So I, I think their window is going to be open for some time. It's just a matter of how are they going to, you know, fill some of the holes that are, are obviously going to be left once free agency hits. I don't know if they can afford or if it's, it's financially responsible for them to put, you know, seven million, seven and a half million to Nazem Kadri to try to fill some of the other holes as well. But we'll see. I mean, this, this is a very strong team. They're well coached. They're well put together. They've got a, a sound defensive core. They don't even have Sam Girard uh, playing. He's hurt. So you add him to the mix, especially going into next season. They're, they're going to be competitive for quite some time. Final thing on the Stanley Cup final before we move on to some of the Blues in this offseason as, as we're approaching the start of that offseason. Do you think that last night showed anything about the way that these two teams are going to attack one another? I, I know there's always this chess match, match right between games where there are adjustments yeah. that both teams will be uh, making. What do you think we saw last night that will continue moving forward in this series? I think Colorado understands um, that while Tampa does have Vasilevsky in net, they're a very sound, strong, structured defensive group. Uh, They can play the opposite end of the ice very well. And for Colorado, it's just an onslaught of an attack. And it it worked in game one. I've got to imagine they're going to continue to to at least attempt to do that. Um, I think most of the adjustments – are going to be made on Tampa's side. With two days off between games one and two, it's going to give the Bolts coaching staff a lot of an opportunity, even their players, to look at a lot of tape, analyze how game one went, and and rejig their plan of attack a little bit. I think they're going to try to be and continue to be structured defensively, obviously, and try to contain the opposition. And the other thing, too, is Colorado's the home team, so they've got last change. They can do the matchups uh, and align the matchups well after faceoffs that'll shift a little bit when we get back to Tampa because then Tampa will be able to do that. Uh, But I I think they're going to just kind of look at this today, tomorrow, going into Saturday's game to make a few adjustments, tweak a few things and be a little bit more aggressive. uh, I think with the puck, they were a little too lax at times. And while they did tie the game, those two goals happened in in short order. It was just off miscues by Colorado. They took advantage of that and Tampa's great at doing that, but they need to be a little bit more responsive on the attack. Um, and be more consistent that way. If you're Colorado, whatever you did in game one, do that again because it was fantastic. All right, David, now into the juicy stuff here in St. Louis, <laughs> the offseason, because that's what everyone wants to talk about. I want to start with David Perron, um, because I, I think yeah. you, a lot of national analysts, us in St. Louis, we all expect Perron to be back with the Blues. But when it comes to contract situation, do you feel like he might price himself out of St. Louis? I don't think so. I think he, you know, he certainly wants to, just like everybody else, you want to get paid. You want to get paid what you're worth. But, uh, you know, at the same time, is it a matter of chasing an extra half a mil somewhere versus staying in an environment that he absolutely enjoys and loves? I don't think we're going to get to that type of scenario. I think it's just a matter of, all right, let's hunker down. Let's figure out the game plan. Uh, how this roster is going to look next season, and let's try to hammer something out. He's made it abundantly clear, and he's you know, totally real in saying that he wants to stay, he wants to stick around. The guys want him there. Management wants to keep him. I, I think it's understood that they'll figure it out. Um, and you know, when, when they put pen to paper, that's when everything will be locked in. But I would be very, very surprised if he's not a member of the Blues 
next season. A guy that I don't think will be a member of the Blues, and I'm curious your read on this, David, is Ville Husso. He's hitting unrestricted yep. free agency. He's one of the top goalies that are going to be available on the market after the season that he just had. What do you think is going to be the cost, and where do you think are some of the contenders to land his services? Yeah, I, I think he's already understood that he won't be back next season. Um, and, and I think he's comfortable and, and understands that. Uh, this was a stepping stone for him this season, certainly to prove that he can handle the number one duties. Um, but there are, there are a lot of teams that need help between the pipes. Edmonton will definitely have a conversation when they're able to with Huso's camp uh, about joining the Oilers. The New Jersey Devils, I expect to be part of that mix as well. Depending what happens with Jack Campbell in Toronto, if they can't work something out, he's going to be a target for the Maple Leafs as well. And then you've got a few other teams. If Chicago needs a goalie. Buffalo needs a goalie. Does he want to go to those environments? He's got a decision to make too, but there are going to be contending teams that, with, with Edmonton at the top of the list that are going to be trying to go after him. Now, based on you know, how he performed, how the numbers work, probably I would imagine the three-and-a-half to four-and-a-half million-dollar range on an AAV per season, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, when you've got Binner already at $6 million, do you want to allocate $9, 10000000 million to goaltending? Yeah. Probably not. So, I, I, and I think he's understand that. I think the message has already been, been put across, and he gets it. Uh, but that's probably the number I would anticipate. I guess you're probably looking at a three-year contract, most likely. Puts him to about 30 You want to see where he's at. Something in that range, $12 million over three years, somewhere in that ballpark I could see him ending up with, but it, it obviously depends where, but they're going to be suitors for him. Definitely. Uh, David, one more from me. And when you look at this off season for the blues, uh, Doug Armstrong said it at the end of the blues season that he doesn't expect any major tweaks, which to me reads, he's not going big sea fishing and free agency for some of these big time names. But do you feel yep. like the blues could be players in free agency in some way? Or do you feel like if they're doing anything this off season, it's going to be via trade? Yeah, I think if anything, look, they really like their roster and the fact that you have, you know, some of the younger guys that are, are really starting to, to cement their position on the roster. Of course, Thomas and Cairo being two specifics, Barbashev with a solid year as well. Um, I think if anything, you're looking at some cosmetic changes. They, I mean, obviously they got to figure out their goaltending to bring in a, a backup. And I think if they can bring in a veteran backup, that might be a good play for them. Um, and it's likely the route that I would that that I think they're going. Uh, but other than that, yeah, just maybe some cosmetic tweaks here and there. Um, it sounds like the Tarasenko thing. Everybody's saying the right things on both sides. That water under the bridge. They're moving forward together, which is a good sign. Um, but other than other than you know goaltending, maybe a couple tweaks, you know, here and there, and, and then you kind of go from there. I mean, you know, other than Perot. Bozak, do you, do you look to bring him? Do you look at another veteran guy to kind of stabilize the bottom six of your fourth line? Again, those kinds of small little tweaks here and there is, is probably the direction they go. If anything, maybe it's keeping Nick Letty around on, on the defensive core or, or, or an equivalent to bringing him in to really solidify their, their, their six on the back end. But I don't expect anything big from them. And that's because they really like what they've pieced together here with this roster. David, what about the trademark? And by the way, we're talking to David Panyota of the fourth period. You can find his work over there. He's got a piece from yesterday kind of opening up what this silly season is going to be this summer. Check it out. The fourth period.com is where you find it. You can also follow him on Twitter at the fourth period. 
I know we've talked a ton about Jacob Chikrin, what he could acquire, what, what acquiring him would cost here yeah. in St. Louis. Uh, Matthew Kachuk's name certainly comes up in conversations here. Obviously, those would be two big moves. But if the Blues were looking especially at Chikrin, do you think the cost is going to be something like a first-round pick, Scott Perunovich, and maybe an Ivan Barbashev, or is it going to cost more than that? It's it's more than that. It's it's a big price tag for this kid um, who still has three years left at four point six million cap hit for a top pair lefty. I mean, you're looking at three to four assets depending on what it is. So yes, you're looking at a first round pick. You're looking at a top prospect. You're looking at an NHL, a young NHL proven player. And young, I'm talking like you know in the twenty to twenty three range. And then perhaps another asset, depending on how they value the two players involved. It's a high price. It's why he wasn't traded at the deadline. They haven't balked from that price. It's still the same. Um, there, there are certainly teams that would love to make this happen. And maybe things get a little bit closer to once we get closer to draft time. People get a little trigger happy and, and want to make something happen. The allure of a first-round pick um, becomes a little bit more prominent because it's in the now uh, so uh, if, if Chikrin's moved, I suspect it'll happen around the draft, but the price hasn't changed. And if I'm the Blues, quite frankly, I, as, as fantastic of a player as he is, and he would make any team that much better, uh, I just don't see them justifying the price based on how they've structured their roster already. Uh, maybe they go in a different direction, like I said, trying to get a little bit either keep Letty or bring somebody else in um, uh, at a lower cost. But looking at their decor, I just don't see a scenario where where it makes sense for them to almost you're almost overpaying to get this player because of how beneficial his cap hit is in addition to how talented he is. So I, I don't think it's a fit for St. Louis, but I wouldn't be surprised certainly if another team pays that price. Man, that's interesting, David. We appreciate the time as always, man. Thanks so much for joining us today. Enjoy yourself covering this uh, Stanley Cup final, and we'll talk with you again soon as we get closer to what you call the silly season. <laughs> that's it. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, guys. Enjoy the game. A good story helps us understand the world and how to make it better. That idea drives what we do on the Daily News podcast, Post Reports. We bring you stories that empower people. You know this is a fraud, right? Why are you calling people doing this? And that hold powerful people accountable. Wait, you did what? We had to sue your office twice to get our hands on these documents. My name is Martine Powers. I co-host the show. Take the trusted reporting of The Washington Post wherever you go. Follow and listen to Post Reports. Post Reports.